Hello there and welcome back. My name is Stephanie Safarian and you're listening to episode 250. Oh my goodness. Episode 250 of the Sustainable Minimalist Podcast, a twice weekly show about intentional and eco-minimalist living. On today's show, we are going to just gloss over the fact that it is episode 250 and we are going to continue getting to work. Today, we are discussing how to find clothes that are worthy of keeping for the long haul. We're discussing how exactly to read that garment label. What should we be looking for when we're in a store? What aspects to a garment should we really be paying attention to? And how can we discern, how we can teach ourselves to discern the fast fashion from those items worthy of keeping for decades? We often think that the price tag tells us whether something's worthy of keeping or not, but that isn't always the case, and my guest today is here to offer up her best thoughts and tips for newbies, intermediates, and advanced listeners who are dedicated to sustainable minimalism. Today I'm speaking with Lindsay Christine. Lindsay is the founder of The Wellness Feed, which is a sustainable lifestyle website for news and tips. We're going to get into our conversation with her after a quick note from today's first sponsor. When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we're all realizing that the quality of our air, and particularly the quality of our indoor air, is really darn important. I'm so excited to tell you about Puro Air because in 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called a HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. I keep my Puro Air running upstairs where the bedrooms are all night. I love that it's quiet. Cleaner air just hits different, doesn't it? Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. One more time for the people in the back, getpuroair.com. Lindsay, I am so excited to talk to you. How are you today? Doing well. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for coming on. I'm really excited to talk to you. Tell us who you are, what you do, and what on earth is the wellness feed? My name is Lindsay Christine. I am a journalist um, and I founded the Wellness Feed at 2020 because I wanted to help people live a sustainable lifestyle. It is a website that is dedicated towards tips and news that helps people understand what the word sustainable means and how it applies to our lives. I have to ask you, there are hundreds of thousands of topics that you could choose to write about and start a website on. How did you choose sustainability? And I guess a better way of asking that question would be, how did you find yourself interested in environmental issues and perhaps cleaning up your lifestyle? My personal sustainable journey began almost 11 years ago. It began when my daughter was born. And that really came about for just wanting to be the healthiest that I could be, to be a good mom. And I remember one of the first aha moments that I had was when she was about two years old and we're out shopping for jeans for her. And there was this table of rainbow colored jeans 
and my daughter was running towards it. But I was very put off because there was this smell coming from the clothes. It was so intense. And I realized that that smell was most likely formaldehyde or some of the coloring, the dyes that were added to the clothing. And when you research about that, you research how that affects our health, how that is affecting our water. And so it was just finding out little things like that about plastics and how that was impacting my daughter's health that led me to change my lifestyle. But it wasn't until maybe 2019 that I made this conscious decision that what I was really passionate about, I wasn't writing about. I was covering a lot of topics surrounding celebrity news and their lifestyle, which it just doesn't fit in with who I am and my interests. It sounds like your entrance into sustainability started with a pair of rainbow jeans, a piece of fast fashion, essentially. And that's what we're here to talk about today. We're talking about how you and I and everybody listening can be a little bit more intentional, become a bit more of a conscious consumer when we're shopping for clothes, but also once we bring them home, how to take care of them and how to hold on to them for the long run, how to embrace slow fashion. So before we talk about all of that, I'm wondering if you could give us a quick little, I've covered fast fashion so many times on this show, so maybe like 60 seconds or less description for anybody who doesn't know what fast fashion is and why we should be giving fast fashion the side eye. <laughs> oh, love, love this question. Fast fashion, it is essentially in the name. It is fashion that just comes out at a massive rate. I think worldwide we produce billions of pieces of clothing just refresh our need for having new trends. But the big problem with fast fashion is that we really don't need it. We might want the trends, we might want tons of new clothing, but because of it, we use more fossil fuels. We th fill up our landmines with more clothing than our grandparents did maybe 60, 70 years ago. And if it continues at this rate, the statistics, they tell us about like microplastics in our water. They tell us about the water that we're wasting. And then also landfill waste. It is phenomenal. The average American throws out 80 pounds of clothes per year. And that's all due to fast fashion. Yes, I would agree with all of that. And I would just add on the price point. Usually fast fashion is dirt cheap. So if we're paying $18 for a sweater or $3 for a t-shirt and we only wear it once, we don't value it as much and we're fine discarding it after that one wear. And then if we're using a piece of clothing one time, it's the same as using a napkin one time or using a plastic bag one time. We are in a moment in time where clothes are becoming just another single use item. So today we are fighting back against that transition to single-use clothing, essentially, by talking about ways in which we can invest in clothes that are worthy of keeping for the long haul, right? Clothes worthy of mending when there's a hole or needs a new button. So let's start there. Are expensive clothes always considered quality clothes? I get this question all the time. If there is a price tag for $200 on a sweater, can we just automatically then assume that this sweater is something worthy of holding on to for decades or not? No. Definitely no. Prior to writing about fashion, I actually worked in production in the industry and as a stylist. Price tag does not have any indicator on how well an item is made or whether or not it's quality. Sometimes it could just be the price point that particular brand wants to be in. Other times it could be the marketing. It may not even be the designer, the people who made the clothes. So I wouldn't say that is an indicator, but on the other note, I will say that if you see an item for $5, know that that is probably very unsustainable because 
of the cost that it does take to make a garment. So I just want to clarify to make sure I am understanding what you're saying. You're definitely saying that on the low end, you should be asking yourself, is the price too low? And if $5 for a shirt sounds too low, it is too low. I got that. But on the other end, on the 200 plus side for a sweater, let's say, should we also be giving the side eye to those higher priced items? Like we can't just assume that a 200 plus sweater is 100% wool, let's say. We can't assume that. No, you definitely can't assume. And I think that's where it plays into brands just really being honest and transparent about how their clothing is made. Because you might find an item that is sustainably made for $200, a sweater. It could be the wool and the way that they're working with the farmers. And that takes a little bit of extra effort to make sure that the animals aren't harmed or that they are just having um, the best pastures and not overgrazing in certain areas. And all of that might bring up the price of the end product or the dyeing methods used, or it could be like a hand-knitted looming sweater. So it might be that $200 is the cost that it takes to uphold those sustainable standards. But you could probably find that price tag at a fast fashion brand. I won't say any names where it just, uh, there really is no reason for why they might sell a $200 sweater. Got it. So another assumption that I I'm guessing listeners have, because I have to fight it on my end all the time as a human, as a consumer, as a person who wears and buys clothes, is that we tend to assume that if we like a certain brand fits with our aesthetic and our price point, and it is quote unquote eco-friendly, we can we then assume that everything that brand sells is quality? For most brands, I would say yes. I think that if a brand is taking the necessary steps to be more sustainable or eco-friendly, a lot of times that's extra work that they're doing themselves. And with those brands, the products that they put out, they really do have to stand by them. And that's just my experience of what I found. But I would always say the best thing we can do is research a brand and see what are the materials that they're using that makes them say they're eco-friendly. Are there any certifications that they have? For instance, if a brand is a B Corp brand, they have to renew that regularly. So it's not as though they can get it one time and then go about their merry way doing conventional methods. They have to check in and reapply and have reassessments. I would say yes, but also do a little bit of research. See what makes that brand quality. See what they're doing to be eco-friendly. Yeah. I would say too there that there's a definite difference between a brand that you know, has sustainability embedded into their mission and uses sustainability as a guiding light in every decision they make versus a shopping mall staple store who has a quote-unquote eco-friendly line to hopefully get eco-minded consumers in the door. I 100% agree. And I've spoken about, I've written about this a few times where you have these these massive companies that are struggling to keep their, they're not really struggling, but they want to keep um, their customers. So they're coming out with these eco-friendly collections and the marketing is done so well where you think, oh, wow, they made some big changes. But when you actually do a little bit more research and diving, you're seeing that 80% of the collection is still plastic-based polyester materials, that that recycled collection is maybe only used with 20% recycled materials or 10% organic cotton. And that to me is still greenwashing. 
because they're selling it as being eco-friendly. And to say that 10% of it is? Yes. Greenwashing 101, for sure. Give me one of your best tips for shopping for clothes that are worthy of keeping and mending and treasuring for the long haul. How do you do it? How do you shop for these clothes? I love natural fabrics. That is always one thing, natural and organic fabrics. That does cost a little bit more, but I noticed that a lot of times those fabrics just tend to, they tend to last a little bit longer. Organic cotton or organic linen, those materials, the way that they're woven together is just a little bit denser so that you just have a thicker material. And so that can last a lot more washes than a loosely threaded material. So I always look at materials first. What is it made from? Is it organic cotton? I will, you'll see me at stores like turning over the label just to peek and see. So I'd say that's my number one tip. Look at the fabrics, look at the materials. Another tip that I always have is I always look at how a garment is. You can easily just pick up a dress and look at the hemlines. If you see any loose threads coming out, it is probably a very poorly made garment and will not last very long. But if you see a garment where they have just not the stitching, if you notice that it's like densely together or that there just aren't any mistakes, and you'll notice some of the mistakes with zigzag lines where it looks like, oh, did the person (laughs) not know how to make a straight line here? All of those are just a little indicator on the skill of the person who made the clothing and the time that was taken to make it. And that will also indicate how long you could probably keep a garment if it's a a good material and if it has been sewn together um, Mm. with care. Those are two great tips. And I want to break them down and talk to you about each of them in more detail. You talked about reading a garment label and you talked about looking at the workmanship, the craftsmanship, the sewing. We're going to get into all of that after a quick word from today's second and final sponsor. Hello, Sustainable Minimalist listeners. Are you committed to living a greener and simpler life? Well, meet Home Threads, your ally in more sustainable and minimalist home decor. As the total destination for decor and furniture, Home Threads helps you define your minimalist lifestyle while respecting the planet. Discover their exclusive Haven collection. They use many sustainable materials without compromising on style. And here's the best part. Home Threads always has the best value. It was time. After nine years of living in our home, it was time to replace our outdoor furniture. And my husband and I, we went to Home Threads. We have a Home Threads patio umbrella and a new bench. And oh my goodness, we are so in love Create a home that reflects your commitment to the environment. Visit homethreads.com slash sustainable and get a code for 15% off your first order. Homethreads.com slash sustainable. Love where you live. So many of us have chaotic closets that are crammed full of clothing items and yet somehow we still have nothing to wear. Well, upgrading to high quality and affordable pieces from Quince when you need them is a game changer. They offer organic cotton sweaters and washable silk tops. My 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters are my go-to. Not only are they affordable, but the quality is top-notch 
They wear better than the cashmere sweaters that are double their price. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash sustainable podcast for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash sustainable podcast to get free shipping and 365 day returns. One more time, quince.com slash sustainable podcast. And we are back with Lindsay Christine, founder of The Wellness Feed, which is a sustainable lifestyle website for news and tips to help you live a more eco-friendly existence. I want to really get into the weeds about reading a garment label because I would say that's my number one tip. Once I started ignoring all the tags on an item, just ignoring them and turning the garment inside out and reading the label tag on the inside... I feel like I learned so much. That was a game changer for me and my wardrobe. The number one thing I look for when I'm reading a garment label is, of course, the fiber content because the fiber content tells you exactly how a garment's going to feel, how it's going to perform, and whether it's going to last, in my opinion. Uh, The tags, the little dangly tags on a garment might say, made with organic cotton, Oh, that sounds lovely. But then when you look on the garment label and it's only 20% organic cotton and 80% polyester, there we go greenwashing again. Is there anything else we should be looking at when we look at the tag on the inside besides the fiber content? Yes, I think the fiber content, that is definitely the number one tip. Other things that I look for is, do they have any certifications? Sometimes, you know, there's Ecotex, which can certify whether the dyes are non-toxic. That's something I like to look for. You could also see, do they have certifications for that organic cotton that they were just advertising about? And they'll put those on the tag, so we'll have another tag with them. There are other things that I will look for, and that also lets me know whether or not a garment is eco-friendly or really living by those eco-friendly claims. What are your thoughts on garments that have multiple fibers in one. So organic cotton mixed with polyester is a common one. When you put some polyester in with cotton, it therefore becomes a stretchy garment or the marketing term is breathable, right? So how do you shop with regard to garments that have many fibers within? Do you have any tips? Personally, I try to avoid them. I would love to see polyester face out because of microplastics. I think the statistics is that millions of pieces of microplastics, which are these tiny pieces that are coming off of our clothes, which are plastic-based and they go into our water sources. So I tend to avoid fabrics that are mixed with plastic-based materials. But I will say for like my sports bra, that is a very different thing. And so what I try to do is I just try to buy fewer of those pieces and be really mindful about them. Look for other materials instead of like polyester, maybe a tensile or viscose because they're plant-based and so they don't turn into microplastics when you wash them. For most of us, we need stretchy, breathable clothes, especially if you exercise. So the answer lies, I would say, in buying fewer of those items, not buying zero because that's inaccessible, at least for me, but buying fewer and really taking care of them so that they last for the long haul. And I just wanted to go back and talk about looking at the fiber content as opposed to the tag on a garment, because the number one thing I would say when we're at a store shopping, 
we look at the price tag, right? We look at the aesthetic. Does it fit within our wardrobe? Does it call to us? Does it excite us? And then we look at the price tag to see if we can afford it. I would add as conscious consumers, if we're looking at the fiber content, we can determine right then and there whether the price tag matches the fibers. Are we paying for cashmere, but we're getting polyester? Or does the price tag match with what the garment's made of? So something to keep in mind there. And I have one more thought here too, with regard to clothing that has multiple fibers within. I do believe, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but when we have cotton with polyester, let's say, we're using that example, so we'll go with it. Those items are much harder at the end of their lives to properly dispose of because we can't accurately extract the polyester from the cotton. So they're harder at the end of those items' life to do something with. Is that accurate? That's accurate, yes. I had a great interview with a woman whose company is all about taking old garments and recycling, turning them to new fibers. And that was one thing that she uh, mentioned is that if you have a garment that is cotton, but it does, you know, even has 15 or, you know, 10% polyester in there, that makes it that much harder to dispose of that garment or to turn it into a new cotton material. They're spoiled, those garments, essentially. They can't be renewed. You can't really properly degrade them or put them into landfills because you've the plastic base of it, which is the, the polyester, that degrades at a much lower level than the cotton. Your second tip that you offered before the break was to look at the stitching, <laughs> look at the quality of the craftsmanship. So I'm wondering if you can talk more of that. You said look at the hem, see if it's crooked, see if there are strings hanging off. I'm wondering if you have more th aspects to a garment that we should be looking at because I don't think that by and large, consumers these days are looking at the stitching or the craftsmanship or the buttonholes. So what should we be looking for and how can we tell the, the good stuff versus the junk? Yes, I love that. I'd also say the items that I would spend a little bit more money on or want to keep around a long time, things like that really stand up to wear, sweaters, a suit if you wear that to work. And looking at the seams, it takes just a few seconds to look at the bottom of a garment and see how those seams are. Are they straight? Great. Are there any loose threads? No. Perfect. Because those little indicators just show that the workmanship and the craftsmanship is there to make a garment last a little bit longer. Another thing that I look for, especially if you're shopping for dresses and you want a dress that you can wear to your friend's wedding, but then you can also wear to another formal event later on. Is it lined? To cut costs, a lot of these garments that we see on like fast fashion racks, they aren't lined because that just is an extra piece of fabric that they have to worry about. But having a lining for a garment protects those seams that you would see and look at, but it also just provides another layer. That's another cost. And even though I wouldn't say, as I said before, cost isn't always an indicator of a garment being a quality piece, it is an indicator that they took the extra time to put that in there. So I would say for certain items like your coats or your dresses that you really want them to last for years, do they have a lining? Are the stitches neat and well done? What is the fabric? Is it a natural material? Obviously, if you're buying a t-shirt or you're just buying your everyday jeans, you don't always look for those indicators. With those pieces that we don't want to spend a lot of money on, but we wear a lot, it can make a difference if we look for buy a secondhand pair of jeans. A lot of times they were made differently. You'll notice the cotton content of those are a lot higher than compared to, it might be 98% cotton versus 2% spandex. 
versus some pants I see, and it's maybe 68% cotton. That can make a difference, the longevity of your clothing, but also your environmental impact or buying a t-shirt that's organic cotton and just investing in having that for several years and buying fewer than you would normally purchase before. I don't know if any of us really need 30 pairs of jeans. I just need one, just one pair that fits me well and I'm still looking for it, that one pair. Oh my gosh. I recently lost that pair and um, I gave it my daughter. So I gave it to her as we cut it up into scraps for a sewing project. I cried inside because it took me a while to find that amazing pair. I just wanted to ask you with regard to looking for craftsmanship, do you have any thoughts on zippers, buttons, buttonholes, those accessories on a garment? How do we know that the zipper and the buttons are going to stick around for years and years. So zippers, you want to look for zippers that have a little bit of weight that are sturdy. Again, look at the stitching. I've seen so many garments, fast fashion stores where it looks like that zipper is on its last life. Like it's going to come off. And if that happens after a few people try on a garment, that's going to happen after you wear it once or twice. So look at the zippers. You can tell if it has a little bit of weight, if if it's flimsy, if they put in the enforcement so that stitching looks strong, that's a quality garment. Look at the buttons as well. Again, loose threads or a button that's coming off. Do not buy that garment. Don't even ask them for a discount. It's not going to last you. It's really not worth it because that is just playing into this idea of single-use fashion where we are conditioned to thinking that cheap garments are great. You got this for $2. I got this deal. But those deals are costing us more in the long run. And those pieces of clothing won't last us. One final question for you, Lindsay, comes with the fact that many of us are shopping online for clothes these days. Me personally, if I never go to a mall again or never step into a store again, I would be a happy camper. I hate going to stores. So I'm buying a lot of my clothes when I buy new clothes. I buy them online. And of course, when you buy clothes online, you can't touch, feel, examine. Do you have any words of encouragement or any tips for listeners like me who do a lot of their clothes shopping online? Yes. I would say, again, look at the materials. I think shopping online is almost easier in that way because you have an opportunity to really research and look to see what the brand is offering as far as the description. I personally shop online more than I do in stores, and I just follow a lot of the same tips. You can enlarge a garment, see the cursor, and see how I always look at the stitching and see that. if it Who makes the garment? That's become a big topic at the moment. And I notice a lot of sustainable brands are sharing who makes their items, that they're handmade, that they're made by artisans. They are really proud of that workmanship and the craft that goes into making their clothing and accessories. I think that's a great indicator of a well-made garment. So I would say take the extra minute and just peruse the website and research. Look at how their clothing is made, who makes their clothing if they share that. If you're on a website, like a fast fashion brand, and you just want to see, is their eco collection really worth my time, really worth my money? I would say give it that same test and see Do they share the materials? Do they share that, oh, maybe why this garment will last a little bit longer or why these shoes would last a little bit longer and see what information they're willing to share? On the one hand, when you shop online, you don't get to touch, feel, try on. But on the other hand, when you shop online, you are able to slow down the purchasing, 
process in a, in a lot of ways. You can go to the About Us section and see whether sustainability and environmental issues are ingrained into the brand or whether they're silent on the topic. That's very telling. You can totally skip the description area, the little paragraph that tells you why the garment's so great, and you could go straight to product details, click that tab, and see exactly what the fiber content is. You can read reviews. I wish there were reviews in a store. There are problems with reviews, fake ones, and pay people to write great ones, but a lot of times the reviews can be telling, <laughs> especially if you click on the one and two star reviews and you read what real people have to say about the garment. You know, when we're in a store and there's one garment left and you love it and it's in your size and you are you drove all this way to purchase something, I feel like we can get really caught up or at least I can get really caught up in buying it. <laughs> like, we don't want this great, beautiful thing to disappear. We need it right now. But Perhaps it all comes down to slowing down the purchasing process, looking at the fiber content, looking at the workmanship, and of course, prioritizing secondhand first, but when we have to buy new, we buy new with intention. So Lindsay, tell us where my listeners can learn more about you and find the wellness feed online. Yes, if you go to thewellnessfeed.com, you will be welcome to just hundreds of articles that offer tips and news. You can also find us on Instagram, the underscore wellness feed. Thank you for having me on this podcast. It's, it's a delight. I love chatting about this. Listeners, that's a wrap. I so hope you enjoyed my conversation with Lindsay Christine, founder of the Wellness Feed. Now, before we move on, we have two orders of business. Number one is a correction on my part, and number two is an eco tip. The correction comes from Sarah. Sarah listened to my recent episode. It was called Ugly Fruit Misshapen Veggies, and it was the episode all about the misshapen produce market. Sarah wanted to alert me to the fact that, no, while Imperfect Produce and Misfits Market do not accept SNAP benefits, Hungry Harvest does. Sarah, thank you so much. You are right. Hungry Harvest does have a donation program in the Baltimore area only. Today's eco tip comes from Chelsea. Chelsea wrote to me and said that she does not have soft plastic recycling in her area, so she reuses bread bags to pick up her dog's excrement. And I say, go for it, Chelsea. I would add on to your eco tip and say that any plastic bag can become a dog poo bag, a cereal box liner, perhaps a newspaper bag if you get a newspaper in the plastic sleeve. When it comes to picking up dog's excrement, I think that you and I and all of us can get pretty darn creative in what we use to pick it up with. I do not think that in 2022 where plastic is abundant, we need to go and buy new plastic bags to pick up the dog's poo. So thank you so much, Chelsea, for writing to me. Listeners, I will see you on Thursday for our second episode this week where we are discussing the number one question I get from listeners all the time, and that is, of course, how do I get my partner on board with decluttering? I am answering that. I'm doing my best to answer that on Thursday. See you then and take care. <laughs>